millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Let's have a listen to our Sinead, Sinead Box. She's fantastic. She brings us her banter from time to time. And today, in the context of what's been going on in this country in uh, recent days and weeks, I think what Sinead Burke has to say is really pertinent. Here she is. Have a listen. It's getting harder and harder to ignore them about the place. I mean, there's always been a few that were a bit different to ourselves. But now you can't go down the town or turn on the news or go online without being confronted with this shower. And it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because deep down, I know they're human beings just like the rest of us. And they have concerns and worries and talents and good qualities and probably quite a lot to offer the world if they went about it the right way. But I just can't shake the feeling that they don't belong and I want them gone. I just don't see them ever fitting into the Ireland I want. What's even more difficult is I know quite a lot of them. I went to school with them. I've worked with them, worked for them. Some I would even call friends. But the hard truth of it is I don't like them. I think it was the pandemic that served as their first rallying call the dog whistle that summoned the pack. Instead of putting on face masks, they took to wearing a sneer at everyone else who did. Then there were all the conspiracies about the vaccines. Bill Gates and Hillary Clinton were secretly inserting microchips into our brains. And this is where I got a bit lost. The chipping part might have been through the vaccines themselves or via 5G. There was also a bit about chemtrails, and I'm fairly sure lizard people were also involved. This would all be laughable, except instead of keeping us entertained by making themselves look absolute tools, marching into doctor's surgeries mask-free and shouting about their rights, they have found a new focus for their abundant and misplaced righteousness. I doubt Hillary and Bill, in their gated and high-security homes, lost much sleep over them. It's not so easy to shrug off this gang's attention if you've just arrived to this country, fleeing war and with only the shirt on your back. Anyone who has ever sought planning permission in this country knows how nosy Irish people are about who will be living beside them. There's absolutely nothing wrong with asking questions. Who are the new neighbours? What's their story? How many have moved in? What are their plans? All reasonable and probably necessary inquiries to ensure a community knows about its new members, and more importantly, know how to help them settle in. Angry pickets, threats of violence, and spreading ignorant and dangerous scaremongering lies are not the way to go. If you're worried about the housing crisis, 
and your mother has just spent 36 hours on a hospital trolley. I'm here to tell you, it's not Muhammad who is fleeing persecution in Syria's fault, nor is it all because of Anna, who has carried her two children from Kiev. Those problems were already here in Ireland, and the more energy you waste picking a fight with them, the more the decision makers in this country get away with not actually fixing those problems. The two cradles of learning, Facebook and YouTube, probably aren't the most reliable sources of impartial and truthful information. We've been sending men of fighting age abroad for generations. Half of them built England, the other half now own bars in Boston. Get a grip, lads. You're not welcome here. Oh my, what powerful words. They resonate with me, Sinead, for sure, and I'm sure they do with so many listening today. Thanks indeed. That's our Sinead, Sinead Burke, bringing us a very pertinent and timely piece of advice there. Thanks, Sinead. Really do appreciate it. Now, I see the All-Ireland Club is to be replayed the final, the 16 men on the field. Well, the edict has been issued that the match has to be replayed. I wouldn't say that's the end of it, but that's the uh, decision of the CCCC, all the Cs. I never came across such a complicated process in my life. Even poor Marty, couldn't Marty Morrissey, was struggling with trying to tell us how it would all work out in the end. But there you are. It seems it's going to be a replay, but watch this space for further developments. Now, talking about developments on the show, I'm going back to Uh, a woman I interviewed on Late Lunch last year and she really impressed me I have to say and what a great idea she came with you see she's the author of a book called Our National Anthem and I just simply loved it I really did and I could see what she was trying to do because think about it going to school when we went to school I'm nearly sure in the midst of the mist of time we were taught it I'm sure but it's not taught in schools today and really it should be it is our national anthem but there's developments and big developments and to tell us more Rachel Jake Cooper is on the line hello Rachel Hi Jerry. how are you thank you so much for having me back on not at all because I did say that day I really enjoyed our conversation and I loved what you did with the book and I saw the potential in it but you know something you are a clever clogs, Rachel. You really are, because you never rest on your laurels. Tell them what's happened uh, in, since we spoke. Of course, you've been working away on this. But in the last 24, 48 hours, uh, it's come to light that I think, I think, and I believe you will at long last, get schools teaching the National Anthem. What have you done? Tell them. Yeah, well, you're, you're spot on. It's been, it's been a very couple of busy days for me here. So um, I decided to come up with the in, uh, start, the idea to start a nationwide initiative to raise awareness and get people at home and get schools singing our own Naveen and also to get the Irish communities involved abroad. Mm. So the idea behind the initiative, it's been kick-started um, at Croke Park yesterday. The GAA were really kind and they thought this was a great idea. So there was photos taken at Croke Park yesterday. So the um, initiative starts with the launch of a school competition. So after the school competition and after St. Patrick's Day, this this campaign will, will continue throughout the year. But yes, it started with um, a, a school competition. So schools can get on board via uh, schoolbooks.ie. So schoolbooks.ie will be emailing the um, schools in the country tomorrow with the details of the competition. And it's also on um, learnouranthem.ie website. So information can, can be accessed that way. So there, there will be a prize for the schools. They have to submit a video um, of them singing the national anthem and then I'll choose the winner. So I'm I'm really, really excited about it. 
And the prize is a lovely prize. There is a perpetual trophy and the GAA have organised a lovely gift, haven't they, for the winners? They have, yes. So they'll be, um, they're supplying the gift of a tour of the Croke Park um, Museum. So mm. I'm really excited to, to get on board this. And I mean, some people have said, well, why this year? Why, you know, why this year of all years should we be focusing on our national anthem? And I mean, there's lots of reasons why we should know our anthem. But I think to sum it up in three points, the first one being is that, as they say, it's the decade of centenaries and this year is the centenary of when our national anthem was first published off Gaelga. Mm. So our national anthem was first written back in late 1909, early 1910 by Padder Carney and Patrick Heaney. And it was written in English as the soldier song. But then the chorus was translated later um, into Irish by Liam O'Rin and it was first published as our own Avian, as we know it, back in 1923. So it's a great year to put focus on it. And the second point that I came up with was that, well, it's a huge sporting, um, it's a huge year for sporting events. And we have Women's Football World Cup, we have Men's Rugby World Cup, we have the Six Nations starting soon. So we want to be able to sing our anthem with pride in the crowds and not be mumbling it beyond the first couple of lines, as what tends to happen very frequently at, at matches. So the third reason then, Jerry, I thought of was that like there's no better time to be proud of our Irish culture and our Irish language. There's a lot of focus at the moment on the Irish language with the film on Colleen Kuhn at home and abroad. And we have Irish actors with Oscar nominations. And Iron Levine is the most famous Irish song in the world. And I, I think we should just all know it. And our anthem, our national anthem is only 60 seconds from start to finish. There's only 11 lines to learn. So I just thought there's no more excuses now. We can get everybody on board and, and unite to learn it together. Absolutely. I'm with you on this all the way. So the competition, just if you're listening today as a parent or a teacher or anybody with contact with primary school children, it'll run in primary schools from third to sixth classes. They learn the anthem. Uh, they then make a video of them singing the anthem. Uh, and it's to be in for St. Patrick's Day. And then uh, one school, one class, one school. Will it be a class or a school? A school, is it? Or a class? Yes, it'll be It'll be the entire school. The entire school? Yes, exactly. Okay. So to get as many of the children learning. Yes. Now, some, some schools, I, I realise, are, are a lot bigger than other schools. So if, if it isn't possible to get all the classes together for yeah. one video, then mm. you know we could make accommodation, but it's to get as many kids as we can on involved. It's a very yes. inclusive and cohesive initiative. Yes, and uh, the Aberlin Trophy will be awarded to the school and a guided tour of the GAA Museum, backed by the GAA this as well, will be the prize. And you know what I love, Rachel, as well? Going back to your wonderful book, uh, you uh, included the phonetic version, if I like to say. You know, you have the Irish, the English and the phonetic as well. This is bringing everybody into the equation. The new Irish, the recent arrivals, everybody of every shade, colour and creed. Absolutely. And, you know, you're spot on. It includes everybody. It includes non-Irish speakers from every nation. And it includes people who have forgotten their Irish. I mean, even mm. myself now, when I left school, I, I, I didn't have the opportunity to speak it very often. So the phonetic way was a was a way to, to include everybody. And, I mean, it, it, it coincides with some of the words of the national anthem. You mentioned there that it, it includes people from other nationalities and that's very apt because one of the lines of our anthem says Bween Dar Slua Harteen de Ronig Hooing and that's a reference to some people in Ireland 
who have come from a land beyond the wave. Yeah. And I think that's a lovely expression because this can be seen as our tie to people who arrive on our shores from, well, lands beyond the wave, essentially. And we welcome people from lands beyond the wave in Ireland and we include everybody. No, nobody is left out. Mm. And I think that, you know, if we can manage to bring the words of the national anthem into today's society and make them mean more. So, I mean, I could pick another example of even the, the first three words that we all know, which is Sina Fina Fall. So, yes, we're all still soldiers, but what we fight for today is different. We, we, we're not fighting for our yes. independence. We're, we're fighting together against things nowadays like bullying and unfairness and discrimination and things that we know are wrong. So it's great to be able to still apply the words and to make them, um, you know, mean more today. And like I challenge anybody to sit down and to read the national anthem words, to read them in, in Irish, to read them in English. I mean, you can find them on my website or even on the government website and to sit down and have a look at the words of the soldier song and to see how applicable that, that they are. And I mean, the whole initiative from start to finish, Jerry. It's, it's just got such positive feedback. It, it's really fantastic. And I mean, unfortunately, with every campaign, there might be the minority of people who might say, well, is it not being very overly nationalistic to know our national anthem? And like, I totally disagree. It's not being overly nationalistic. Knowing your, the words of our national anthem, it's part of our cultural identity and it's part of who we are. Mm. So, you know, we, we, we should all know the, the lines of our anthem. Yeah, and it's when you ponder them. And I have it sitting on the desk here beside me, both in Irish and English. And another line that jumps out, it just shows you. And that was, this song was written way back at the formation of the state. But another line says, shall shelter the despot or the slave. You know, and we've got to keep those words in mind with a lot of stuff and not nice stuff that's happening around the country as well today. You know what I'm alluding to? Yes, exactly. Well, I mean, it's it's funny that you mention the words the despot of the slave. So, shantirer shinter fasta, niogfer fointiron, na fointrol. So, yes, you're spot on. It That means no more our ancient Ireland shall shelter the despot or the slave. Mm. Now, that's saying that we won't stand for a despotic leader. Now, yes. if we look up the meaning of a despotic leader, a despot is a ruler who hold, holds absolute power and one who exercises it very aggressively. So there couldn't be a better word to describe Putin and what's going on with mm. Russia at the moment. He yes. is a despotic leader. Mm. And that sentence is saying that Ireland won't stand for a, despo- a despotic leader. So again, yet another example of how the words are still applicable today. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think that we, we can only compare our national national anthem to other national anthems worldwide. So, I mean, if you look at maybe the American national anthem or the French national anthem, our national anthem, it's no more violent and no more militaristic than national anthems. And many national anthems were written, you know, in times of struggles or or fighting at the time, you know, well over 100 years ago, like you're spot on there, we say like we, we were in a very different place when our national anthem was written. So mm. again, the trick is to, to bring it into today's meaning and you know to, to make it applicable and to make it easier and more fun and engaging for, for the kids and not just a black and white photocopy which is handed out perhaps around St. Patrick's Day. 
So hopefully now this is the year that we all get together and you know we give we give our anthem justice and, and credit and, and sing it with pride. Yes, and uh, I can tell you I was a mumbler myself. Uh, nearly, nearly <laughs> all, yeah, all my life till I met you. But I, I, I made a point after meeting you to learn it both versions. And my oh, granddaughter can happy. sing it now. She's seven. You know what I mean? And she got your book as well and ah. uh, made wonderful use of it. And I recommend it to any parent or whatever listening today. It's a lovely, lovely book and it I, I think I said to you when you, you're here it would be great to see it in most homes across the country the other thing is this yeah. and you just uh, said something there a moment ago you mentioned the you know the great anthems of the world from you know the US the Marshallese in France uh, the Italian you know you, you can name them but you know what about our national anthem it's to the point it's a lovely tune and melody and it's short it's delivered in a short space of time you know those anthems that go on forever and you could fall asleep Absolutely. we're not like yeah. that no, it's not. It's it's eleven lines long. It's just over sixty seconds. And I mean, the, the the interesting thing is that it's only the chorus of the soldiers' song that was selected for our own Naveen. It's not. It's not the entire song. Yes. So yes, it's 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 not that long. It's not boring to sing. And and definitely, to, if you don't know what the words are, the English words, you know, to to read what what they are and to see how significant that it's still. You know, it still stands today to be applicable. It's just diff- you know a different meaning. We can bring it into into the contest, and the positive feedback is the majority of the feedback. It's really overwhelming. And I mean, next week now I'll be getting into um, start the initiative with Irish communities and get them in- in involved abroad. Mm. So I mean, I get regular emails from America, Canada, Australia, and the list goes on about how supportive they are this you know for this initiative. So that just proves to me that there is a hunger and there is you know a, a, a lovely um, wanting to learn the anthem and that, that proves to me that our anthem is still very significant today It is and in my lifetime I, I've sung it with I've mumbled it with pride for as I said but I've sung it with pride too and I've been at major events and in particular when it comes to sport I'll never forget the day I was in Giant Stadium in New York when Ireland beat Italy with that famous goal uh, from Ray Houghton and when the anthem played that day you know, the tears ran down my face and I've been there on other occasions when the hair has stood and you know that phrase on the back of my neck with that Mm. feeling of Irishness and pride and I think in a a sporting sense it's just magical when it's played. It really is, it really is. I think it's, it's, it's a great anthem. It really, really is. The book, just to go back to the book before we finish, uh, just remind people again, because it's knocking about still and you can get it, just tell them where they can pick it up the easiest way. Yes, you can. So if you go to www.learnouranthem.ie, so this is the landing page that will take you to Oberlin Publishing where you can make individual sales and then the book bundles with the special discount for, for schools. They're available via schoolbooks.ie. But there is a link to schoolbooks.ie on the, the um, Learn Our Anthem website. So it's all available there. Yeah. So learnouranthem.ie takes uh, you to where you need to go. You can order the book. It's a beautiful book. It really, really is. I congratulate you again. Uh, you are wise beyond your years, I have to say, once more, because <laughs> I love this. I love the way you've approached this. And you really are going to make an even more significant breakthrough now with the backing of the GAA and everybody else involved in this initiative and I say again if you're listening today in a school if you're a parent a grandparent somebody looks after children or associated with schools anywhere third to sixth classes get in on this 
learn it teach it in the school get them singing it record it and get your entry in and you never know there could be somebody listening today that will lead to winning this wonderful prize and the GA taking you on a wonderful tour of the museum at Croke Park for the moment Rachel Cooper it's lovely to catch up with you again and as always I wish you well Thank you so much, Jerry, and thank you to all the listeners in Live and Mead as well who have been just so supportive. It's it's wonderful. Thank you. Thank you indeed. You're one of our own anyway. Thanks, Rachel. Talk yeah. to you again. <laughs> bye bye. Bye bye. Take care. She's a wonderful, wonderful lady, and I just love that initiative. And it's great uh, when Louise spotted it earlier today. Said, you know, let's get talking to her again because we had her with us uh, in the latter part of last year about this lovely book, our national anthem. It's called Learn It. Sing it with pride. Under the boardwalk, people walking above. Under the boardwalk, to be falling in love. Under the boardwalk, boardwalk. Yeah, the boardwalk from the drifters. They're coming to the TLT in Drogheda on Sunday week, February the 12th. That is going to be one hell of a night. TLT.ie for tickets. Check it out. What were you telling me, Louise, there? Uh, she's always talking to me in the headphones here. I'd be talking to you. She'd be talking to me. And you mentioned something about cheese and Brussels sprouts. What were you on about? I think you're becoming a real foodie, to be honest. I'm, I'm watching you now. Oh, the wrong yeah. way. Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, totally listen, wrong way. Listen, not at all. Don't mind her at all. She's she's definitely into this now. What were you saying about sprouts? I was saying the comedian Frank Skinner Yeah. said his favourite sandwich combination was hot Brussels sprouts and cheese <laughs> on buttered bread. Oh, that's now one I haven't heard mm. before. That's different. He reckons it's lovely. What do you think yourself? Are you, are you a sprout? We yeah, talk, I you, love sprouts. You like sprouts, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I do too, and I have to say I've tried them as well. Do you ever fry them, stir fried in the pan with a little bit of bacon and onion? They're lovely too, you know, if you don't like them. You see, we were ruined because they were mush. You know, they used to be cooked into mush years ago. Oh, yeah. But they're not like that. If you if you just don't overcook them, Louise, if you don't overcook them, which you I don't. I like them mush. Do you? Yeah. So you could mush them onto <laughs> the bread and then put the cheese with over mushy it. mushy peas beside that them. That is a queer combination. I, I, I reckon it'd be nicer with mayonnaise. Rather than the cheese. Well, just, no, no, have cheese as well, but add mayonnaise. <laughs> mayonnaise on the bread, mm. sprouts and cheese. Yeah. Wow. White bread. What a combination. Toasted. What a com toasted. Has to be toasted. There you are. I know so it doesn't have to be toasted. If you're wondering, I think it'd be lovely. If you're what wondering, combination would you do? If you're wondering what was up with Frank Skinner all these years, you know now. <laughs> you know now the reason. In terms of what? You're asking me sandwich what combination? combination. Ah, you know. I love a toasted cheese sandwich. I really do. I love toasted cheese, ham, cheese, onion, and pineapple. Pineapple? Yeah. Pineapple and ham. Pineapple on a pizza, but not on uh, in a sandwich. Try it. No. Okay. Ham, cheese, onion, pineapple, toasty. In Did a, you have in mayonnaise? Toasted. No, no, no. Oh no, no. I can't. I can't not eat a sandwich without mayonnaise. Always. Always. Toasted sandwich as well. Mm-hmm. Always. There you go. That, that's a nice combination I like for a sandwich, to be honest with you, and I find it tasty every time. But you have something with anchovies, don't you? No. Oh yes, I love anchovies. They're real salty. In a sandwich. No, I no. love them on pasta. I do a, a little pasta, just pasta. All it is is pasta. And if you get fresh pasta, right, just cook the pasta. Mm. And on a pan, a little onion and then put the anchovies on, a little tin of anchovies onto the pan and they melt away. You know what I mean? Into it, And you get a sauce with the anchovies and onion. And all you do is put your pasta into the pan and toss it and away you go. Oh, 
Oh man, I woman and child. I actually bought a jar of gherkins the other day because I've never eaten a gherkin in my life. You must have run a burger. No, I take them off the burgers. Ah, sure. Listen, when you take them off in future, keep them for me, will you? Okay, I'll bring you in the jar of gherkins. Yeah. Just don't like them. <laughs> well, keep them for me. Anyone on your burgers, if you don't like to keep them for me, <laughs> Jerry Kelly Caravel of MFM Radio, <laughs> stick them in the savvy. post. <laughs> I'll eat them. I love the gherkins. I really, really do. You would late lunch on LMFM Radio this Tuesday afternoon. Welcome to the show if you're just joining us. And don't forget, you can listen anywhere in the world online, lmfm.ie or on the LMFM app. And again, thank you to all our listeners who join us each afternoon. We move on on the show. Lizzie Doran's been knocking about LMFM for the last number of months. But she's leaving us tomorrow. She's heading for climbs new and afar. Lizzie, hello. Hello, Jerry. How are you? I'm really good. Tell them where you're off to. So we're starting off. The first place is Vietnam and then Cambodia, Thailand, Singapore and Australia. So it's a big one. It's a big one. <laughs> it's the trip of a lifetime for sure. What time are you away at tomorrow morning? Uh, flights at 6am. Okay. 6 and the first leg, where do you go to flying wise? So we're going from Dublin to Paris and then Paris straight to Hanoi. So that's the long one now. That's about 12 hours. I know a lot of other people go Dublin, Dubai, Dubai, kind of Vietnam that way because I think it's meant to be a lot of a nicer flight, kind of bit half and half. But that's going to be a long one now, the 12 hour mm. in a tin in the air. But we'll be grand. It'll be great. And <laughs> that won't be a bother and it'll pass by in no time and you'll suddenly be in Vietnam and away you go on this wonderful adventure. This has been a, a, a late decision for you, hasn't it, yeah. really, to do this? Yeah, like it's always been on my mind to travel, but then it was kind of a Gatubin moment where I was like, okay, I have. To, I was at a crossroads or I was either, okay, I'm going to, Day and work now for a couple more years but then I'm 25 now I know I'm still young but you know we get into the rhythm of working and you start pushing on with everything I just have to say right if I don't go now I don't want to be looking back in 10 years time saying back at why didn't I go Yeah. Um, so that's where we are now we are we are hopping on that flight tomorrow and let's hope all goes well and look I don't think Toronto's going anywhere so it'll be, it'll be here <laughs> if I want to come home and we'll be fine we'll find our feet but hopefully now all going well, we'll be we'll be flying. And there's you and your uh, better half and another couple. There's four of you. Is it going in total? Four of us going. Four of us Grand. going. So, and we know a couple now who've done the Vietnam routes. We've got loads of re- recommendations. The Asia route, really. Yeah. And then I know two of the girls over in Australia now. So hopefully we'll just meet loads of pals along the way and bring them along with us. Hopefully it's not too chaotic. Ah, listen, it'll be what it'll be and what an adventure you're setting off on. So how long in the Far East before you actually uh, touch base in Australia? What's the time frame? It's about, it's about seven weeks in Asia at the moment. Yeah. Um, that's the plan. Now, we have skeleton plans and if anyone is listening and they are from Vietnam or Thailand or Asia, I'm sorry if I mispronounced any of these places. Like We have skeleton plans you want to go and do the Halong Bay cruises in Vietnam. We want to do, you know, Ho Chi Minh City, uh, Hoi An, loads of them. I have a list here and I can't pronounce the majority of them. Mm. Like Thailand, we've got plans. We want to see, do the island hopping. Um, Fifi, Sangnam. I I won't say too many because I'll probably get them wrong. We have skeleton plans. Now, we're hoping that from research, and they go that way so I'm hoping that that's what we get we make some absolutely amazing international friends and they tell us oh we're we're heading here or we recommend here 
or any recommendations that come our way, we're happy to hear them. <laughs> Great stuff. And you uh, obviously will just uh, stop and and uh, book into places as you go along. You have none of that. It's it's a, um, what would I say, a moving feast, is it? It is. It, it is indeed. Yeah. And it is now, like, the difference in prices, like, for hotels and hostels over there, like, it's, it's mm. so cheap compared to here. You don't have to worry about if I leave it to last minute, it's going to be yeah. extortionate. You know, like if you're yeah. booking Dublin for a night any time during the year, it's crazy money. Um, but no, you can get like nice hotels, really nice hostels. And a lot of the hostels have like activities for backpackers. So like they'll do excursions during the day, bring it to the local things. Or like they do like even some of them in Vietnam, you can hop on like the bikes with the owners of the hostels and they bring you on a food tour of the local area. So that's really cool. Like, like it's mm. really, you're really immersed in the culture along with Obviously, there's the kind of, like, Western side of it, like the pubs and the, uh, you know, restaurants like that as well. But you really get into, like, little towns and, um, like, villages and stuff. So that's really cool. Oh, it sounds amazing altogether. So then when you hit Australia, have you um, an end date that are are you going to see what Australia brings and then decide, could you end up staying in Australia? Well, Jerry, I, I could well easily end up staying there. It is a case, see what it brings, see what we do, yeah. see what we get on. I want to travel around Australia first. That's the first point. I want to go around all, all around there. But if I do find my feet there, I'd be happy to stay there. And, like, just it's, it's the simple thing, like, working over there, you make a lot more money over there than you do over here. Mm. Obviously, their, like, price, their uh, price of living over there is a lot more. But it does kind of even out that you would be making more over there. I think that's why a lot of people my age are kind of heading over that way at mm. the moment. So that could definitely be a pull. And then the lifestyle as well, like you go down on the beach every morning, there's yoga, there's, you can go to a book club on the beach. There's just so, everyone's really outdoorsy and that really appeals to me as well. So, and the climate. Obviously, mm, yes. The, the sun, the vitamin D, that'll be lovely to get to. So it could be a case where we stay there, but I don't know. It's not, nothing's set in stone. Yeah. 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 Do you see yourself ultimately, no matter what happens on this adventure or how long it may be, coming back here to live ultimately? I would say yes. Yeah. Um, but I haven't been there before. I've never even, I've literally never been to Australia, so I don't know how, how I could say I want to settle there. Um, so I, at the moment, I'm like, yeah, I can definitely see myself coming home here. And if I was ever to be having children or any of that kind of stuff, I'd probably want to do it here. My family's at home, like all of my family are in Ireland, and a lot of them are in the Louth region. I like being close to family, so I'm really going to the opposite side of where they are. Um, but if I was to come home, yeah, if I was, I can definitely see myself coming home. I'll be mm. home to visit regardless. Oh, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, had you to get any uh, jabs or anything, you know, going to the Far East? I did. I had, to get, I had to get three jabs. Now, I couldn't tell you what they are without having them in front of me. But if you do everything with the T, the Travel Medical yes. Bureau, they do it all for you. You go in, you get, you basically get a lecture on what you do and don't need. They were absolutely fantastic. They gave us, and we have, you actually can't get a shot for malaria. You have to get tablets, and there's a specific way to take those tablets. So you have to, like, you know, go through all of that. And they gave you all the bugs repellent spray. I get mm. eaten alive on the broad, so hopefully I don't just put the repellent <laughs> spray. And, yeah, no, all the jobs are done, thank God. And did it? Does that cost much? Just for anyone else who might be considering this, or is it? A, um, so the, yeah, the tr- the three shots you have to get. You have to yeah. get them before you go over here. That'll cost you about one hundred and fifty, and that's with the consultation as well. So it's not too bad. Like, mm. it's, obviously, it's not cheap, and I know it's, it is a bit of money. But like in the long run, 
I'd rather have the jabs and be safe than going over without them and getting something really, really bad yes. that's long term and can have horrendous. Like the, the jobs are there for a massive reason. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I would say, yeah, they're they're 150 and they're in and out in the one day. Now you can get extra ones, like you can get the rabies shot, but um, you have to. No matter if you get the rabies shot or not, you still have. If you get bitten by a rabid animal, you have to get straight to a hospital. It, it just kind of gives you that extra yes. bit of time that mm. actually help with rabies. I see. But it's no, it's deadly. Hold on. So uh, excitement, uh, completely new, never been away for this long before. Certainly not in so uh, such a far flung part of the world either. What about you mentioned uh, restaurants and food and things like that? I take it the four of you have eclectic palates that you'll try anything. Uh, uh, well, so the four of us, we have one vegan. She will eat anything that would that's vegan. <laughs> so I think she might have a bit of a problem over there. They use eggs in an awful lot of stuff. Right. Um, like rices, noodles, that kind of stuff. They use an awful lot of eggs. And then David and Leonard, the two lads going, will eat and try absolutely everything. I wouldn't be surprised if they try like the scorpion and all that kind of stuff. Yes. And I have, I love trying all different types of food, but I will be staying away from meat. And that's what I'll be doing. Hmm, interesting. There you go. Yeah. Well, you know, you even have a mix of pallets there. And of course, you'll mix and match. But look, uh, they yeah. love their, their veg and greenery and everything in that neck of the woods as well. So I'm sure yeah, there's going to be no problems there. So you're all set. Now, don't forget anything. You have the passports packed and everything else like that. And your phones yeah. and your charger. Don't forget your I charger. Know. I know, I know. I'm, I'm, the amount of times... Jerry, I say there are war zones that have more organisation than my bedroom right now. The <laughs> amount of times I have pulled and pulled everything apart and put it all back together and done it over and over again because I'm using these packing cubes to keep everything organised in my rucksack. So my tops are in one and my, my socks and my underwear are in one and my bottoms are in the other. Grab. Then I'm like, oh, should I put this in it? So I'm taking everything out and it's just a hot mess. But look, we have to get on the flight tomorrow morning, so there might be no sleep this evening. No. But I need to have the bag packed. I need to be on the flight tomorrow morning. So whatever is in the bag this evening is what's coming with me. <laughs> well, make sure those essentials anyway. I couldn't go anywhere without my phone or passport. And, of course, your uh, little cards that can pay for this, that and the other too. Exactly. Well, look, at exactly. good luck to you. It was lovely to have you here with us in LMFM Radio. And perhaps one day you will return here. But in the meantime, good luck to yourself and David and the others as well. Safe journey. Enjoy this lifetime experience. And you know what? We'll tic-tac with you as you move along and we'll see how you're getting on. Is that all Amazing. right? Amazing. Thanks, Jerry. Thanks, Louise. Thanks, Take everyone. Take care <laughs> Not at all. You're very welcome. Bye, Lizzie. Bye. Bye. That's Lizzie Doran there heading off to Vietnam in the morning. It's time for our Two on Tuesday. Two on Tuesday. Playing the songs that just never quite made it to number one. But we were so close. I'm going to be number one. We were so close. Two on Tuesday. I'll tell you the reason why I've picked this one today. I was reading a lovely feature on her at the weekend in one of the magazines and the weekend newspapers, which I love. Yes, Miss Candy Statton is 82 years young and she's, uh, I think, going on our final uh, performance tour. She said, this is it, no more. Uh, she's in good health and doing well. And it was great to read about her life on Times and went... 
it brought me back to another time as well because our two on Tuesday today takes us back to 1976. What a summer! One of the greatest summers of my lifetime. It was a roaster. It was scorching. I'll never forget it. It really was. And this song was knocking about round the top of the charts. It never made it to number one. But what a number two. When you just can't break away. You just can't break away. Oh, young Run free. And never be hung up. Hung up like my man and me. My man and me. Hung up like my man and me. My man and me. Yeah, Candy Staten. Young Hearts Brilliant From the summer of 76 Young Hearts Run free I remember it well So it had to be good Hadn't it To keep it off The number one spot It really had And what a number one It was The real thing With their only UK number one Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I love that song. You're doing the old clicking fingers thing. I can't do that. Yeah. Can you not click your fingers? Yeah. <laughs> oh, what nope. a song. What a song. I'll teach you. I'll teach you. Uh, <laughs> the song with the fingers. <laughs> fingers. <laughs> the fingers. <laughs> anyway, of course, you to me are everything, Louise. That's it. It's as simple. That's what the song says. Which <laughs> one? Which one? Which one? Which one? Candy Staten. Do you like Candy Staten? Mm, yeah. It was a tough call, but I was, think yeah. the other, I think, mm. yeah. The two fantastic songs, mm-hmm. you know, and there's no doubt real things. Did anybody cover the real thing song since? Yeah. That's a good question now. Uh, any of the boy bands or anything covered? Don't think so. Oh. I don't think so. There you are. So maybe you've put a thought in somebody's head because it is a fantastic song. Did you know the real thing? Do you know where they came from? Do you ever hear of a show called Opportunity Knocks? Yeah. With Mr. Huey Green. That's where they were discovered on that oh, talent good. show. Yeah, they Didn't came from that. that and merged from that. And it's that kind was kind of an old version of the X talent. Factor yeah. and all that type of thing. It was the four and the clapometer. Can you clap? You couldn't do this, but can you clap? 
Do you not remember the clapometer? No. Isn't it a funny name? You know, the clapometer. <laughs> you know, you, you know that word can mean something else. Yes, the clapometer. <laughs> 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 Somebody said they have a virus in the Big Brother house, have they? The clapometer will be on tonight in in the in Big Brother. <laughs> no, 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 Love Island. It's Love Island. It's there's Love a virus Island. in the Love Island. I beg your pardon, my time, my Big Brother. You gobshite. Uh, the Love Island. There's there's a virus in in Love Island. So the clapometer, you see, in the audience on Opportunity Knocks, <laughs> the cloud clapped loudest. The I don't little, believe The it. needle went up. There was this little needle on the screen <laughs> and it went up from 0 to 100. And people believed that actually went yeah, up. Sure there was some fella underneath it, <laughs> twisting it. So we know that. But people believe that and they clapped louder. So it was your man underneath really. Yes, that decided, yeah, that decided yeah. who went through. The, 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 we voted. The, the, the viewers used to write in postcards Thousands of postcards voting in an opportunity knocks to be sent in to Huey Green, and it was part the vote and part the clapometer. The clapometer, I think, used to be part. <laughs> when you think of it, the clapometer. Does anyone remember the clapometer on Opportunity Knox? Yeah. Uh, anyway, it was funny. I think the clapometer used That's to... something you'd see about in Bosco or something. <laughs> yeah. And I'm laughing. There was a fellow under the table. Yeah, <laughs> so he obviously, like number three, the clapometer was going to go up. Ah, <laughs> uh, those were the days. How naive were those we? Were, oh, d- Louise, those were the days of, well, it wasn't that innocent with all that's been uncovered subsequently um, in the world of uh, show business with certain people. But, uh, yeah, it was an innocent time. You know, people, the louder you clap, the you know the needle would go up further, and somebody would get through in opportunity knocks with Huey Green. But uh, anyway, what about? Um, did you hear this? There's a new word in the UK. It's called regrexit. It's going I to go that. into the. It, That's great. Regrexit. Mm. Well, when you look at the the, the uh, IMF and what they've said about the economy there and uh, the projections for the future. It's a great article today. I recommend it to you online in the Irish Times. Fintan O'Toole and uh, I wonder where that bus has gone. You remember Boris's bus, the big red bus, 350 million a week to go, was going to the EU, he said. You know, the UK was paying the EU 350 million a week and it would go into the NHS who are in absolute chaos today. Where's Boris's bus and the 350 million? Boris's bus. I wonder where it's gone. Regrexit. I never, honest to God. It's a clapometer for <laughs> Boris's bus. <laughs> well, let me tell you. If ever a nation made an idiotic decision, the UK did. Because they cut off their nose, as the saying says, spite their face. And that's what they've done. And no one's saying it. Nobody is saying it in the context of all this bedlam, the strikes and everything. Nobody mentions the word Brexit and the effect it's had. It's been catastrophic for the UK. It's been an absolute disaster. They were conned, the voters. They really were. And by God, the chickens are coming home to roost now. Up next on Late Lunch, yes... Did you ever attend Eureka Secondary School in Kells? Well, if you did, or if you have any association with the school, stay with us on late lunch. Have you ever been a student at Eureka Secondary School in Kells? Well, if you have, you've got to listen up for the next while because there's something really special happening over the coming weeks. And I'm delighted to welcome to the show this afternoon 
They're both teachers at the school, Stephen McKee and Lydia Igo. Welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me. Thanks, Jerry. Great Thanks to see you. Great to see us. you again, Stephen. Your first time? My first time. Ah, listen, <laughs> not a bother to you at all. Tell me about yourself, Lydia. You are a former pupil of the school. I am a former pupil of Eureka, yes. So I left in 2014, so mm. almost 10 years ago now, which is crazy to think. Mm. Um, and I studied food and agribusiness in UCD and I've actually come back to teaching. So now I'm teaching in Eureka again. Um, so I'm teaching business and ag science. Did you ever think when you left and went on that journey of education yourself on the third level that you'd end up back teaching at the school? Was that ever on your mind? To be honest, not really. Mm. Um, I didn't expect to be back in the school and I actually trained as an accountant and then mm. came back to do teaching. So I'm delighted to be back. Are you enjoying it? Loving it. Great. Really, really What's it like, you know, to be the other side of the desk? You know, you were yeah. once out there in the class, you know, and now you are in at the top of the class. I know it feels totally different, especially because we're in a new school now. Yes, the, of course. Yes. Yeah, so it feels completely different, but um, it's great. And we have a lot of the same teachers that we used yes. to have. So oh, it's lovely and it's a, it's a lovely school, really welcoming. So isn't it great to go back? You know, you were in the old school and now you're in the, in the, the new, new building. School. It's beautiful to go into a new school, isn't oh, it? Oh, it's and, fabulous. Oh, yeah. And the facilities yeah. you have. Uh, Stephen, welcome and good to see you again on the show. Tell our listeners, just context, why you're here today. What's happening? Well, we're here to uh, so promote uh, the new alumni association that we're setting up within the school. Uh, the idea of the alumni association is really to reach out to all former um, students and um, former staff, teachers and staff members as well and to let them know that our launch event will be on March the 8th which is International Women's Day. I suppose the idea is that of the association that we'd you know, we'd foster the sense of community and friendship uh, between everyone who's passed through whether the doors of the old Eureka House or the doors of, of the new school uh, as Lydia said up, up in the Cavan Road so it's really a, an opportune time I suppose as, as we've just moved into new school in the last few years to really rekindle old friendships mm. Mm. and old bonds between uh, all Eurekans uh, across uh, North County Mead. And, but there's, and there's huge benefits, just to focus on this for a minute, for you know people who become involved here. I know this myself because I'm in one on a third level basis. Um, there's not one for my former second level school. But the benefits are enormous, aren't they? To, to life beyond school for people who get involved. Absolutely, yeah. And normally, as you say, Jerry, it, it's... Alumni associations are more common at third level. Mm. Uh, there wouldn't be enough, a lot of uh, many alumni associations at second level. So we're delighted to launch this at Eureka. And as you said, there's many benefits, various benefits uh, for both ourselves and and former students as well. In terms, I mean, from our own point of view, you know, it's a great opportunity for us to link in with former students who have many talents and who might be able to loan those talents out to the school, whether it be a mentoring programs with our TY students, whether it be helping out coming into the school workshops on open days, um, you know, sharing their experiences with the students in Eureka to, for, for our benefit and for the students, for the benefit of the students. And of course, for former pupils themselves as well that networking opportunities in, in particular you know mm. uh, that they would you know and it's always nice to meet with old you know old classmates and see how everyone's getting on so there's a formal and a very much an informal social side to this as well yes Jerry. the networking I have to say uh, is a very important part of it Lydia in my book I'm certainly going to talk to you about this today here you know when you leave a school you lose contact don't you yes absolutely um even though we have social media and, you know, mm. you think that it's easy to stay in touch, 
everyone gets busy, life gets busy. So it is hard to stay in touch. But having something like an alumni association is a brilliant way to, you know, stay connected with former um, pupils, classmates, even old teachers or staff Mm. members. Mm. um, Because, yeah, it's lovely to be able to to hold on to those memories. Yes, I, I think it's a beautiful thing to do. And I remember going back to one after years, you know, and meeting everybody again and, you know, find out where they'd gone in life. And some had yeah, there exactly. were a few no longer with us, you know, that you didn't know about as well. And ca- that catch up was marvellous. But the other thing is LinkedIn, LinkedIn is a big network, as you know, both, uh, you know, for yeah. uh, networking. But alumni are fantastic networking opportunities too, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. It's a way that you can meet like-minded people, Mm. people that might be in the same um, career area as you or in other career areas. So it's it's a brilliant way to meet people and to stay connected. Yes. Um, So... It's a great opportunity. Did you, just as a, uh, an aside, have, when, when you went and you think back to your class, you say you're finishing class at leaving start of that, will there be many you'd be still in contact with, for example? Yeah, there is. There's maybe five or six oh, that very good. close contact. Yes, great. Um, and then there's people that I see, but I don't know the ins yes. and outs of their everyday life. So I yeah. feel like having an alumni association mm. will be a brilliant way to kind of reconnect to all those. Fantastic, really is. Stephen, just tell us a little bit about the school. Eureka, Eureka in itself, Archimedes, I always remember. I was yeah, taught Eureka yeah. when he made the discovery. <laughs> the name, I take it it came from that originally. 19, what it was from? 1956. Well, it, 1956 is when Eureka opened it at the Eureka House. Yes. And um, of course, we, we moved from Eureka House in 2019 up to the new school mm. so I mean even that alone should be a big attraction for former for former students yes. and, and former staff members as well that maybe lots of people wouldn't have had the opportunity to visit us in the new school mm. and you know even the curiosity of getting an opportunity on the night of March the 8th to look around the school and you know meet the old teachers and so on so we're looking forward to a really really special event on March the 8th we are asking anyone all former students to contact us on alumni at eurekaschool.ie the email address that's alumni at uh, we're building a database of contacts at the moment of course we'll be promoting across all our social media platforms yes. and the school website and so on yeah. as well Jerry. Mercy Sisters formed the school they were at the formation in this. are there any right. sisters in the school now or has their association ended? No there aren't any more yes. and of yeah. course our lay principal would be Miss Caroline O'Reilly Yes of course and a mix of, of, of men and women teachers what's the the ratio more women to men or there is probably more female yeah. teachers just it being that it is an all girls yes, school yes um but there there's male teachers as well just yeah. a higher rate i'm not sure exactly yeah but a higher proportion of ladies proportion. teaching at the school which is understandable as well you know a lot of schools nearer to where we are today are actually changing now with they're becoming mixed schools you know formerly right. all girls mm-hmm. school are, and and the same with all boys school are incorporating no plans for that with eureka any talk about that no, no. there isn't no we're we're proudly you know a cash school an all girls cash school um, sister school of course of Sacred Heart here in Drogheda of course yes. so we're very proud of our tradition mm. um, and we, you know we have a great reputation in, in, in across County Mead and, and, and elsewhere Cavan West Mead we've, we've drawn students from a wide hinterland yeah. and we're very proud of that you know yeah but I was going to say that you know you sit in a lovely 
position there where you are to pull from the neighbouring counties. So that's a fact. So you have a great mix of girls from the other counties also with you. Yeah. 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 People from everywhere. Yeah. Great. Great to hear. How long are you there, Stephen? I am there eight years now. Oh, yeah, yeah, the school. Yeah, yeah. enjoy it. Good, and, and, and... This is my first year your in Eureka. Your first year? Yeah. Great, there you are. You're one of the newbies <laughs> at the newbie school. newbie in the school, as yeah. Well. yeah. <laughs> and, you know, today, teaching, you know, taking up, like you are there a few years as well, is teaching tougher? Like, and even in the eight years you've been there, do you find it more challenging today because of, I'm fed up saying this, things like this, I'm showing them an iPhone there, social media, all that type of stuff, and the pressures on young people today? Yeah, well, there, there are a lot of challenges, there are increasing challenges in, in society in general, mm. but particularly at school as well, as, you know, mental health issues and so on, yeah. and issues with, with you know, you, you've mentioned there, mobile phones and so on, but young people are very, you know, young people have a lot to face, in fairness to them, and you know, we have a great cohort of students in Eureka, and great to work with very positive students, and I think, you know, um, we have to recognise the challenge they face, but you know, there's a lot of people out there working very hard to to improve their lives, and and we'd have to say, you know, we'd be delighted with with the students we have in the school. um, and yeah, I'm delighted working this guy. I love being a teacher in Eureka Secondary yeah. School. Yeah. Um, so do I. Do you? Yeah. yeah. Even in your first year, you're really enjoying this. Really like, enjoying yeah. it. Yeah. Mm. I couldn't. You couldn't have asked for a better school. It's brilliant. The girls are so brilliant. Staff are brilliant. Um, it's lovely, and it's lovely to be back in a school that I spent yes. my time in yes. and have memories to, yeah. you know, associated with. So. What what uh, classes, are? Uh, what years are you taking in your first year? Where are you teaching? Um, I have first years, second years and transition years. Very good. And Stephen, are you up to across, senior cycle yeah, as well? I, across yeah. the board. And Spanish. what do you teach? I yeah. teach Spanish. Oh, very good. I said it here before. I'd love to learn a language. Italian is what I want to learn. I'm right, I teach Italian as well, actually. <laughs> Do you? But all my errors are Spanish. Spanish is very popular. Is it? Yeah, yeah. extremely popular now. Very useful language. Well, it's very accessible for young people as well. Whether it be music, or a lot of them go on holidays to Spain as well. So I find it it is popular for that. That's a big reason, mm. you know, why it is popular, and we've increased in numbers as well. But we've opportunity but students study French and German as well in Eureka. So we, yeah. are, we offer a wide range. You know, the range of, subjects, of languages. Range of languages. Mm. Yeah. Louise it's was great. telling me there's a shortage of Spanish teachers as well at the moment. There are. Yeah, yeah it's a, it's an are. area. So you're yeah. you're you're in demand. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's <laughs> simple yeah, as that. No plan on leaving Eureka anytime <laughs> soon. Anyway. So. <laughs> Any teachers still there from your time in the school who taught you that you're a colleague of? now? Um, there is a couple of teachers, yeah. There's um, Eileen Barry, she's teaching me French, she was great. Um, there is Dolores Smith, I didn't actually have her but uh, she is an Irish teacher in the school. Um, there's a couple, a lot have retired mm. um, or moved on since but so there's a lot of new staff and there's a lot of young staff in Eureka which is great yes. as well um, but there is there is a few so it felt strange the first day walking in staff. It must have, yeah it must have. You <laughs> it know. felt strange but everyone was so welcoming. It's actually lovely to have a few familiar faces. Yeah, <laughs> and you found out that they are human like the rest of us. Exactly, and they have a life <laughs> outside of school. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, because that's often the thing. You know, you look at the teacher and they go, oh my God, and yet we're all the same. You know what I mean? That that that, that is the thing about us. What about the, um, the international aspect of it as well? You know, another aspect of Ireland now. So you, have, you must have students that have come to Ireland and are from other parts of the world in the oh, school. Oh, we do. Yeah. yeah, we have students from right across the board. Yes. Now we've, we have our Culture Week coming up actually in a couple of weeks' time as well, right. which is a celebration of all the cultures within the school. Mm. So we do have a very vibrant community um, in Eureka and from from 
and, and all our nationalities are very much yeah. welcome in the school. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to mention something there? Yes, Lydia? Um, I, no, I was just taking a look at this um, and just to mention how different well, myself being a past people, how yeah. past people, I suppose, can make a difference with the Alumni yeah. Association yeah. that we um, are setting up. Um, past pupils can be involved with career talks to talk about their careers to pupils to at Eureka, which, yes. yeah, which would be brilliant. Yeah. Um, also facilitate mock interviews. Um, alumni could attend events such as Open Day to talk about their experiences in Eureka um, and... Um, you know, share their career opportunities and where, you know, they've gone since leaving Eureka. Yes, like yourself. It, you can bring so much. Bring so much. Back to the table. And you, if you listen today, you might think, well, what's the point? You know, there are benefits to talking about them, but they are huge, what you mentioned there, because you are giving back to the school and exactly. back to the new generations of students as well, Stephen. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. And it's great to have that connection between young and old and former and current students as well because one thing you find with a school like Eureka it's very much well a very important part of the community you have fa- generations of families that come through the school so it's nice to keep that tradition going yes. and connection between generations as well yeah very very so, important so just to remind people again if you're listening today and you're a former student of Eureka School in Kells the new building should get along there and see the new place if you haven't for God's sake so it's happening when again on March the 8th which is International Women's Day very appropriate that it's that day but in the meantime you want to hear from people in advance so again remind them how they get in touch with you well, um, everyone can email us at alumniureka.school.ie. That's alumniureka.school.ie, or just contact the school and ask for myself, Stephen McKee, or Lydia Igo, and uh, you know we'll uh, we'll be in touch and we'll we'll make contact and let you know exactly the details of the Alumni Association mm-hmm. and what's coming up. But March the eighth is our launch night in the school yeah. on yeah. International Women's Day. So, so really save the date. <laughs> save the date, the eighth of March. It's going to be a fantastic occasion at the school. People getting back together who haven't seen one another for years. You'll find out their backstories. You'll re-establish new friendships. So look at it's all good. Everything about it is good, it has to be said. And as we said, you know, you're breaking uh, relatively new ground as well because there aren't too many secondary schools with alumni we know that anyway and it's great to hear that it's happening in Kells on International Women's Day I wish you well I really do and thank you for joining me on Late Lunch today Stephen McKee and Lydia Igo it's been my pleasure thanks Thanks very very much much. thanks Thanks for having us not at all play that one this day each year haven't you you just gotta I simply love it yes we're saying goodbye to January mm. today and it feels like we're only back after the Christmas no, you ever feel like, oh no, no sorry no, I was just thinking oh, they're saying don't go January they obviously weren't paid monthly <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> that song was number one. Listen to this. It's funny, isn't it? It went number one. It was really timely on the 26th of January, 1975. And it stayed there for three weeks. Uh, they're saying, don't go, don't go. For most <laughs> people, you're right. Yeah, yeah, most people are saying good luck. But Louise, I often find that. I don't know what it is. Yes, it is a long, slow month. But when this day comes, I reflect that. You felt the money back and taken down the Christmas tree and it's over and we're into spring already tomorrow. You know what I mean? It's that type of thing. And I just see the daffodils outside really mm. pushing up outside in the beds here at LMFM. And I did notice it. it is, you know, dropping my, my daughter to soccer last night and the light, it was bright. Yeah, the light yeah. the light is coming and you can really yeah. see it at this time and but it's uh, to be so welcomed. It really is. No, anyway. See you January. <laughs> Good luck, Cesare Louise. It's mm. over for another All year. All 720 days of it. Oh, it's, a, it's a poor old month. It gets uh, bad press, doesn't it? And of course, so. tomorrow is the 1st of February. Yay. What is it, Jerry? The 1st of February <laughs> tomorrow. Yes. Not February? No, it's the 1st of February okay. tomorrow. So it is. And please, in my world, in my little world, in my little head, it's the 1st of February. So and is never there, be is there else. like vegetarians? <laughs> <laughs> Not in our house. <laughs> we'd, eat, we'd eat the arse of a horse. I, well, that's only in a saying. I'm only saying that in a saying-wise. Analogy, you know what I mean? But uh, we love our vegetables. We love our greens. You know that as well. Grow a lot of them. And that's the thing. I just look at my greenhouse and tunnel and we're almost, you know, ready to take off. And by the way, Nikki Kyle will be here with us on Friday at the start of the sowing season in the garden for sure. Um, prime drinks. Talk to me about this drink, this prime drink. Do you know much about it? I don't know that much. I just know my kids were coming home and going, Mam, you can get them in Drogheda or wherever for 15 euro. And I I believe, you know, they were, it was launched by some influencers. What is it? It's an energy drink, I think. But like, you can't get them. There's been sold on the internet for 56 quid a bottle or something. Go out of that. Yeah. A bottle? Yeah. Did you say 15 euro there for a bottle? Mm. You were saying 15 for a bottle, but it can go up. Uh, locally, but it can go up like to 56 because every kid, every young person, now that these influences have come out and saying this this drink is fantastic, it's brilliant, and people following these influences what is just it? can't it, get enough. It, it, I think it's an energy, energy drink. Energy drink? Yeah. Red Bull gives you wings. No, <laughs> something like that, is it? <laughs> something like that, yeah. Mm. Without the wings, it gives you an overdraft. Uh, yeah. Um, I haven't looked into it too much, but I, I believe, yeah, it's, it's you know, the drink of choice among young people. Prime um, drinks. There you are. There's always something it. new. Oh, yeah, we'll have to have a look at that to see. But at, uh, oh, there's, there's ructions. There's ructions uh, looming in the Wednesday club tomorrow night. Did you see? Guinness is going up from the <gasps> 1st of February. <gasps> I'm surprised some of them boys in our club didn't ring us to say, we'll go down Tuesday night before she goes up 12 cents. <laughs> mean. Oh, talk about mean. It's not that they're mean. Oh, my Why God. Why don't they just get a Guinness and then they get an extra pint glass <laughs> and a straw? So they take up a little sip of the Guinness and then they get taste, but then they'll put it back into the other <laughs> oh, the stop? other glass. And then, you know, they'll have two pints for the price of one. <laughs> Will you stop backwashing at five to three? Backwashing. <laughs> the backwash. Oh, my God, almighty. Yeah, it's going up. I see. I think it's 12 cent. It's to go up. The publicans have to put it up 12 cent. Diageo. Well, the what ha- is it? What is a pint of Guinness? What 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 range? Can you get them various 460, prices? Four sixty, four sixty, I think it was in our local, but that'll bring it to four seventy two. Pint of Guinness out there at the minute around Louth and Meath. 
Well, anyone got a cheaper pint than €4.60, Euro you'll find it hard to beat that. That'll be four seventy two tomorrow. Uh, hydrogen went up last week, mine. The hydrogen went up. Huh? The hydrogen. Hydrogen. Heineken. Oh. <laughs> a pint of hydrogen. I thought it was uh, a new type of gin. It, it went up. It gave a good jump last week. I think it went up 40 cent or something for the... For the uh, Maybe even more, so it did. It was a five, it's you five forty or five sixty. <laughs> Shh! I would not. I wouldn't be I in. That. I wouldn't be in here on Thursday. I'd be on the flat of me back. <laughs> you know me, sure. I'm, a, I'm a, only a livery drinker. I'm not in your league, Louise. Mm. I'm not in your league we at all. We drink responsibly. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course we do, and everybody should. And that's <laughs> the thing about it. Ten, you wouldn't see me for a week at that stage. Thanks for all your comments to the show this afternoon. Uh, getting back to some of them. The first thing I was thought in second class was the National Anthem when I was young, says Robbie in Lobenstown. Um, somebody else given out about the GAA prices for the National League games. They say you'll see less people going. The GAA supporting that uh, new initiative we were talking about, top of the show, to Rachel Cooper about teaching children uh, in third to sixth class primary school to sing the National Anthem and know the words. Um, and uh, Paddy's been on to me to say, Jerry. Uh, I have to say there's only one race on this planet and it's the human race and you are so right Paddy thanks indeed for your comments to the show at this time on Late Lunch it's time for this 5 4 3 2 1 Counting down the top 5 songs from this week of yesteryear and today it's the number two from this week, yes, and this day, the 31st of January, 1986. And when I tell you that this song is the theme, the theme song, from an American TV series, do you remember it? Mistral's Daughter, based on the brilliant novel by Judith Krantz. Yes, this song made famous in the States, but before it was the theme for the uh, TV series, it was a big hit in the on the charts across Europe, including the UK, which is the chart we focus on. Yes, she's hale and hearty when I mention the name Nana Muscuri. Do you remember her? She's 88 years young and doing well, we hear. But she's a woman who represented Luxembourg in the Eurovision and made her name then internationally, originally from Greece. Here it is, the number four in our top five countdown from this week going back to January 1986. It's Nana. Oh, Nana Muscuri, a blast from the past for sure. Number four in our top five countdown this week, 1986. Former Eurovision winner from Greece. The big, thick-set dark glasses and the jet black hair. Do you remember? And the flowing long dresses from Greece originally. And she's still going strong. We'll bring you your number three tomorrow too. And, of course, the number one on Friday afternoon round about this time. From her kitchen, Marcella Wogan is producing the most wonderful range of foodstuffs. Her business is called Lily Phil's Foods. And she joins me on the line. Hello, Marcella. Hello, Jack. How are you? Very nice to talk to you. And you too. The name, I'm intrigued. Lily Phil's. Where did that come from? 
Well, uh, where we live in Wilkinstown, my mother was reared here and her parents were called Lily and Phil Trainer. So we decided when we built and when we decided to start this company that um, we'd call it after them. So it's called Lily Phil hmm. from them. So in the picture that's on our products is their wedding photograph from about 1939. So... Lovely, lovely. That's a lovely, lovely touch, I have to say. How lo- when did you set up? How long are you in business? Um, we set up, it was around 2012 that uh, Brendan and Emer Doughty from uh, the local shop here, Mace Wilkinson, um, they kind of liked what I was doing. I was kind of doing a small market on a Friday with a couple of other people in, in Wilkinson Hall and they liked what I was producing. So they asked if I'd be interested in supplying the shop. Mm. Oh, so I started doing that in 2012 and it just kind of grew from there and I started doing like extra bits and all that. And then in 2017, we converted the garage into an industrial kitchen. Right, so you're you're you've stepped up and ramped up since 2017. I have yeah. to say, so you do you're doing jams, uh, you're doing breads, scones, all that type of stuff. Yeah, and cakes, and uh, yeah, we do a fair selection in the shop. We put uh, fresh bread and scones in every morning. They yes. go in o'clock in the morning. Um, so, like, really, you know, it's it's a uh, very full on. You know, um, mm. it's very busy in the shop and. The locals are very, very supportive, like two local businesses and everything. So it's great. We're very, very lucky, you know. And, um, you know, Brendan and Eamon are very supportive and very encouraging, you know. And only for them, I probably wouldn't have, you know, took the step to grow the business a bit more, yeah. you know. Yes. So, Ed, uh, fantastic. Uh, well done to you. Anyway, we are delighted to tell Alyssa as we were able to taste your bread and your scones and uh, the lovely jams as well because um, uh, uh, an angel appeared here yesterday and left in a selection and we've been able to have a taste for ourselves and I have to say beautiful, beautiful all, one and all and I love I'm a great lover of marmalade myself your marmalade mm-hmm. is to die for I have to say and I tasted on your current bread and the scone and they're lovely you really are, you, you've nailed it may I say to you, you, you really really have... So you you have the the garage there now, and are you are you happy at the level you're at, supplying the local shops and selling the way you are? Are you content to stay uh, at this size? Um, I think so. I'm kind of you know at, at stages when I get really busy, I think that I should really employ someone. <laughs> mm. You know, mm. make it. But it's just taking that step, and in the current climate, I'm not too sure. You know, we just mm. kind of you know, uh, keep going with it as as it is. Like, But it is extremely busy. You know, it's hard work, but I love what I do and I hope that, you know, shines through in the products, you know. Um, so, uh, yeah, we'll just keep going as we are for a while anyway. But, you know, you never know what will happen down the line, you know. Of course. You were a chef in the doll. Is that right at one stage in your career? That's right, yeah. I was in the doll for uh, about 10 years. Um, left it in twenty twenty or six. Yeah, it was 20, yeah. So I left it then. Um, yeah, loved it up there. It was mm. great. The time John Bruton and um, Bertie Hearn when I was there. Wow. Yes, two big names, and of course one from County Mead. I bet you there was never humble pie on the menu. And if it was, they wouldn't buy it either or consume it. But anyway, that's for another day. Tell us the story about Rory from Mrs. Brown's Boys, because he's given you a real shot in the arm, hasn't he? 
He really has, yeah, absolutely. Um, I was totally shocked the way it took off. Uh, Rory, uh, my brother, who I think you interviewed, uh, Robert Doggett, uh, from the Trocadero restaurant. Yes. Yeah, he's uh, my brother. Uh, so he um, would be a friend of Rory's, and Rory was in around Christmas in the truck, and Robert gave him a jam pamper. I did his jam pampers around Christmas. And um, Rory then messaged me and said that he loved the raspberry jam. He said he never tasted anything like it. So, um, yeah, so then he ventured down, took a road trip with his friend and came down and got some jam. And, uh, yeah, kind of said that he just wanted to, um, you know, say how good it was on Facebook or whatever. So, Mm. yeah, so it was really, really fantastic. (laughs) Well, you know, it's a small world. Myself and Louise were only talking yesterday. We did interview Robert. We had a lovely interview with him. And would you believe this? This is no joke. I don't know where mine is, but we, we have a voucher for the Trocadero and we never use it. Oh, my God. What are, we, what are we like? And it's probably out of date at this stage. But anyway, anyway you can put a word in for us if you're talking to him. <laughs> Sorry, sorry. Uh, anyway, just that that's an aside. Um, a very important aside, let me say to you. Anyway, uh, the uh, business is flying for you. You got the endorsement from Rory and you're just at full capacity. Where can people buy and try your products? Um, well, I supply Mace Wilkinson. Oh, great. Great. Yeah, so, so uh, all my products will be in there. It's there seven days a week. Um, yeah, so that's the shop is more than enough to keep me busy. <laughs> Good on you. Good on you. Well, listen, you're really great and the taste comes through. I will say that again. It really does. And uh, well done to you for being a one-woman show and being so committed and passionate about it. We can feel it today talking to you. I wish you well. Lily Phil Foods, check her out. Marcella, thanks a million for joining me. Thank you so much, Jerry. Much appreciated. Not at all. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. What a lovely woman, Marcella Wogan. And that woman can bake and make jams and more besides. Just a final message coming to us today. Hello there. This is Debbie, the driving instructor. Re-automatic lessons. Can you let me know if you wish to take the lessons? 13, 14, 15th of February, 6.30 to 8.30. Many thanks, Debbie. Oh, Debbie. I haven't had an offer like that in years. I'd love to try the automatic with you, Debbie. (sighs) I'll give you a shout. Thanks for the text. <laughs> Late lunch, LMFM Radio. <laughs> Somebody's got the wrong number by the looks of things. But there you go. The joys of live radio. Debbie, you're looking for somebody else. But you never know. I could do a little brush up on my driving skills. Anyway, tomorrow on the show, it's St. Bridget's Day, the 1st of February, the first day of spring. And we will be dealing with various aspects of the St. Or is she really a saint? Well, you'll have to join us tomorrow to find out more. Eddie Caffrey's on his way with the drive here on LMFM Radio. Wonderful music and more besides. We'll see you midweek, Wednesday at 1.30. And I will tell you where the point can be got. There's another text there for 4.60. You'll have to join us tomorrow and you'll find out where you can drink the black stuff. The cheapest in the land, but a lovely pint. See you then. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.